throughout Jesus' earthly ministry, whether he was traveling or at towns and cities, people would frequently cry out to him to heal them or to perform some sort of miracle. And uh, this isn't going to be an exception. So I want to, before I bring the message, I want to ask you a question. If Jesus were walking through Westminster or through York, what would you call out after? Would it be healing? Maybe the healing of a loved one? Maybe a change in relationship? Maybe some financial salvation? What is it that you would call out to Jesus? My next question is, whatever you would call out today, was that would have been the same as it was maybe two years ago? If Jesus walked by two years ago, what would have you called out? Then my last question, two years from now, if Jesus was passing, what would you call out? So turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 17, starting with verse 11. We're going to see some people calling out to Jesus again. And this is while he, that being Jesus, was on his way to Jerusalem. Now that we took a look at the last time, Jesus left Bethany because he raised Lazarus. He went to the city of Ephraim, and he went up toward uh, Galilee, and that is the district, and he was preaching and teaching, and now he's making his way back so that he might be in Jerusalem. And so he's making his way back to Jerusalem. And he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. So on that border region is where he is. And as he entered a village, ten leprous men who stood at a distance met him. And they raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now, we live in a society where leprosy is not that common. Actually, it's very uncommon. Um, so we don't really have that much empathy for what these ten have gone through. But they were first, if you will, physically sick. They had bodies that were wasting away and literally fall, skin falling off their body. And so they had a very serious medical condition. But because of that medical condition, they also had a social problem. No one would go near them for fear that they would catch them. And similarly, in our society, you know that when people have certain obvious illnesses, people stay away. As a matter of fact, it doesn't even have to be that obvious. People think really crazy things. Sometimes people won't go around people with cancer because somehow they think it may be contagious. And so people stay away or they have the psychological aspect, well, I don't want to think about mortality. So if I stay away from that person, and there are people I've known who refuse to go to the hospital because they don't like hospitals. 
And I always tell them, well, do you want people to stay away when you're there? And they seem to want visitors if they ever go to the hospital, but they never want to go to the hospital because they might catch something. But there was also a religious connotation to this as well. They were considered unclean, so they have to, as they would go through places, they would have to call out unclean, unclean, so that people would keep their distance, so that they wouldn't become contaminated and unclean themselves. They could not go to synagogue. They could not go to the temple because they were unclean. So they had a physical, medical, social, and religious separation. And even during today's, one of the things that people complain about all the things that are happening is that you can't socially be close. You have to social distance, and that affects people. So you can imagine how these ten felt that they had all of these distancing. And so they're asking Jesus to have mercy on them, all of them, the ten. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. Jesus doesn't commit to healing them. He simply says, go to the priest. But that's a statement basically saying, I'm going to heal you. Because in order for them to return to society, they had to get the approval of the priest that they had been cleansed. And so Jesus sends them to go check with the priest. And as they were going, they were cleansed. They didn't even arrive to the priest. As they were moving towards the priest, Jesus cleansed Now they were no longer socially distant. They were no longer physically distant. They were no longer having the health implications. They no longer had the religious implications. They were cleansed. And you must imagine, if you think about it, how it must have been to go from whatever stages of leprosy that they had to having new skin, to having the ability to interact, to maybe even go home for the first time in however long that they had the leprosy. The only friends they had were the ten of themselves. And so they were going and they were cleansed. Verse 15. Now one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at the feet, giving thanks to him. One had a different reaction. One, instead of continuing on with his life, turned back and gave glory to God. Not just quietly, he gave Glory to God with a loud voice. I love sports. I enjoy them. I get involved in certain things. I really like football. Soccer, not so much. But when my team is playing, I'm I'm very nervous because I want them to win. And when they score, I'm very excited. And when they win, I want to see the I want to see the game again. I want to um, 
to watch the news. When they lose, I don't want to watch the news. I don't want to see any of the... Re I just don't want to do it. And so fortunately, my team, although football hasn't started again, I've been able to watch the Super Bowl a number of times. And it's wonderful to watch the Super Bowl because I know they win. So I'm not nearly as stressed. But there is a certain amount of yelling and screaming and doing those things and rejoicing. And I know some of you, because I've, I've seen some of you, uh, your, your, your uh, deal is hockey. And I've seen some really quiet people from church yell and scream during a hockey game. And I always wonder to myself and to others, if we can yell and scream for a game that no one in a couple of years will remember who won, why can't we speak loudly, glorifying God for what he's done for us? And this is what this person has done. He goes with a loud voice, praising God and giving him glory as he acknowledges who heals him. And he falls at the feet of Jesus, giving thanks. Now, if you've been alive into at least late teenage years to adult years, there are times when you call out to God. And when he answers, you give him thanks, or do you just go on? Be like the other nine who just simply go on with life. Or maybe a little under the breath, thank you, Jesus. But not this one. He comes back to fall at the feet of Jesus to thank him. And he was a Samaritan. Now, I find this very interesting because Jesus has given parable to shock the Jews into their relationship with Jesus because they hate the Samaritan. Because they're half-breeds when it comes to DNA and they are false believers when it comes because they worship at a different temple and they do all of these things and the Jews simply hate them, so much so that a good Jew would not be found dead in Samaria. But here's the one. Not in a parable, but in reality. The one that no one would think of who would come back, comes back to give praise and thanks. Then Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But the nine, where are they? Unfortunately, I think things haven't changed all that much. God is active and alive in this world today. And God answers a number of prayers. And yet it seems after answering the prayers and the cries, they continue to go their way. Instead of returning to give praise and thanks. Was no one found 
who return to give glory to God except this born. You'd expect the people of God to give God praise for what God is doing. And yet a person who is not a part of the people of God is the one who does it. But it seems being in the minority is probably very common when it comes to following God. Way back when Israel was going to spy out the promised land, they sent 12 spies. Ten, we came back with the majority report saying, it's going to be too hard. They're too big. We seem too small. We'll never be able to do it. There was a minority report of two who said, yeah, but we can do it. God can give them into our hands. And the people listened to the majority rather than to God. So if you find yourself alone sometimes, maybe it's because you're on the right. And he said to him, Stand up, go. Your faith has made you. I want you to notice all ten were cleansed. But because one came back, only he was made well. How often have we forfeited what God could do for us for being content for what God did for us? They were con- the nine were content with being made cleansed. And yet the one who came back giving glory and honor and praise and thanks went for being cleansed, being made If we would just understand, as Jesus passes by, to do more than simply ask him to do something, but that when he does something, or even when he does nothing, just simply because of who he is, to fall down on our knees and glorify God and give Then it goes from doing what we've asked to doing beyond what we're even capable of imagining. All too often, we want to worship God for what he can do for us. And when he's done that, everything's fine. The foxhole confession. God, if you'll just get me out of this difficulty, I will serve you. And then when he gets you out of the difficulty, you continue on with your life, like the nine here. God showed mercy on ten. Only one was made well. So my encouragement to you my challenge to you is that when you acknowledge Jesus passing by, you simply don't call out and be satisfied 
to be in. To dwell as he who he is. To give him praise for what he has done and who he is and glorify God. You will find more rich than that. Oh, there are a lot of churches who are going to talk about this Sunday how God wants to make you rich, or God wants this, or God wants to satisfy your dreams and all those things. And God may make you rich and may satisfy your dreams and do all those things. But it seems to be the majority response. Is if there is a thank you, there's still a now I can do what I want. So call out. Ask for what it is that you need. But whether he supplies it or even if he around at it. Give him praise not just for what he did, but glorify God for who he is. And give thanks that he may have answered your prayer, whether it's health or finances or relationship, to understand that he is capable of so much. Don't limit him by what you've asked. Because God loves to thank you. God loves people who glorify So we're going to sing a song that says, Do it again. And I wanted to do this song not so much for God doing miracles again. But that we might say, God, give me another opportunity that when you walk through my life, I'll do it right. I'll be like the Samaritan. Who gives you praise. Who gives you glory. And thank you. And all God's people.